Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 240. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the acclaimed writer and creator of Kane and Unidentified, Taylor Campbell. Nice to be here. Hey, Taylor. It's great to have you. This past November or so, you had Unidentified came out. It is not a sequel to Kane because you have issue number two of Kane, but it takes place in the same world as Kane, correct? It does, yeah. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that for those that might have read Kane or those that might have read uh, haven't read Unidentified. Do you want to give people a little bit of background? It's kind of a prequel to Kane, right? Yeah. Um, they're technically happening at the same time, but the first issue does happen in the past about two decades mm. so you'll figure out later there's a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a time slide once you get into the second issue where they're kind of running almost back to back so talk to for those that haven't read kane it is a as you mentioned it's kind of a cross between like a buffy and supernatural there's a vamp there's vampires in this yeah, I it's in a it's in a small town setting like Buffy, but um, it's a little less with the uh, little less with the teenage drama. I'm sure there's still some in there, but it's it's a little more mature than Buffy was. So I I like to put it on par with Supernatural. The monsters are a little scarier. Mm. The uh, it feels a little more real. So and it, what's the the story behind it how is this different than as you say some of the other vampire comics that are out there um well well for me it's a lot more real because every character in the book is somebody i know oh they wow. have different names but every character is based on a real person so the main character is based on me in my early 20s late teens and then um yeah, every character is very personal to me. But um, as far as the monsters, I I write them to be as scary, but also kind of snarky. But I, it's hard. For, it's hard for me to explain my own work. I don't know why. It's always been that way. Oh, but it helps that when I write, I have the most outstanding artist in Allison, my partner on Kane, because she, the thing she does with it, I don't even see coming. Talk to us a bit about the mythos that you had to create for the comic. Well, the thing is when I started this, I started this story, what am I 30 now? So I started this 18 years ago. I wrote the original script as a movie script when I was 12. So I've been building on that. I've written it in about six different forms since then. And I have been building on the characters and the story and it has been a lot, but I've, I built the town. The town is the town I grew up in. So it was really easy for me to do as far as the monsters. It has been a lot in my head to, because I have the next three seasons of the story like mapped out in my head. So there's been a lot of um, figuring out what 
each character needs to do and where they need to be to get me to where I need to go. It has been a lot because I don't like to know where the story is going. That's how I've always written up until now. I like to, I like to enjoy the story like a reader does when I write it, which I think is actually something I heard Stephen King say once when I was a kid that he doesn't actually know how the book's going to end. So it's been a lot of work and it's been a, it's been a new experience for me since I started planning forward a bit. So, but what's the, the, the history, like the, 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 the mythology or like how are vampires created or how are werewolves created in your world? Well, I'm going to reveal more later in the book, but I'm, I did kind of steal the little bit of it from supernatural because it's going to go back to Lucifer and Lucifer's blood, which isn't exactly what they did, but I'm going to have it so that at some point in history, he tainted humanity with his blood. And then as different people died, they turned into different things. And it's going to go back to Cain and Abel one way or the other. I'm not sure exactly where I'm taking it yet, but it's going to be cool when we get there. So... So what about like your magic system? Is it, is it hard magic or soft magic? Meaning is there like, like hard magic, meaning there's specific rules that you have to follow or is it soft magic where it's just more about, you know, willpower and, and just, you know, energy and all that stuff. We're definitely soft right now. Cause I haven't actually exactly put the rules down on that. That's a, it's a, fairly decent sized part of the story but it's not huge yet so i haven't exactly gotten the rules down in my head for that yet but we're getting there unidentified as you said in your kickstarter is going to be like it's going to be a mini series it's going to take place that's that's happening how you have that kind of already established do you have other titles that you're planning on doing and also how many issues do you plan on kane going or is that going to be an ongoing series um, Kane is going to be an ongoing series. That one's going to go for however long I'm alive, probably. Um, Unidentified, it is going to turn into a different story. This one's just a four-issue series, but that's the story of the characters Neil and John together. After that four issues, it's going to completely catch up with the main series, and then John's going to split off from her she's going to become part of kane's story and he's going to get his own book on top of that we have one two other series for sure that i'm working on right now that will <clears throat> the next one is going to be named it's going to be titled haunted and it's going to come out at the same time as season two of kane and the first season of whatever John's book will be. And then the one after that will come somewhere around the third season. And that's going to be about the two people that you meet on the second page of Unidentified. You only see them for a split second, the blonde woman and the snarky dude in the background. Right. Yeah. I, I did like that. And there was, so 
you, you mentioned haunted, so the the presumption is that there's going to be a ghost in here. So you got ghosts, you got werewolves, you got vampires. Are you trying to nail down like all also the classic monsters of like mummies and and do you have other other monsters that you're planning on introducing in in later issues? I do like writing the classic monsters, and um, I do have other ones that we have planned. I'm not sure when we're going to use them because we're pretty deep into a demon story right now. But um, we did at the beginning, Allison made up a bunch of um, concept art of different monsters, which, I mean, I guess you would have seen if you could have gotten on my website. But she did a Wendigo. She did a, a Crocata. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, a few different ones. They came, the concept art came out really cool and that was when we first started this and her art has progressed extensively in the last two issues. So when we finally get to them, they're going to look awesome. <laughs> and, and so with an artist that you have, how, how much does Allison have basically in charge of the story? Does she ever, at, at what point do you say as the writer and the creator, do you kind of give her leeway? And she says, I really want to do this Taylor. I want to switch it this way or, or maybe what we could do is move some of the story and the dialogue around. How much say does, do you give your artists in creating that storyline? Well, as far as messing with the storyline, she doesn't really seem to have much interest in that. She's really just interested in the art and she's pretty much got free reign to do whatever she wants. The first five issues with Kane, I, I had them written completely pretty much by the time we started or maybe after she finished the first one. So I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to write it because I didn't go by any template for how I wrote the scripts. So I wrote them panel by panel and how I wanted the panel where I wanted them to be and what size and stuff I wanted them to be. After this, because she's taken it and she's ran with it. And the first issue, she pretty much went exactly how I, laid it out the second issue she starts you know making body parts arms weapons like bleed into other panels which looks really cool and the first time she did it i'm like you know what do what you want because it uh it looked really good and um after this with the scripts that i write from here on i'm just going to write how many panels what should be in each panel and then she can lay them out however she wants so how has your writing evolved since that first time you wrote the script? Because I remember you said in a previous interview, this was the first time you've ever actually even like read comics or even written for comics. Yeah. I, um, I didn't have any interest in comics before I realized that I wasn't going to publish Kane as a novel. My wife suggested that I do it as a comic and I kind of blew her off. And then a buddy of mine, that I worked with suggested it and said he'd draw it. He only did like half a page and then lost interest. So after I found Allison, I wrote the rest of it and it came out really good. And as far as how the writing's evolved, it's gotten a lot harder. I've gotten a little less detail oriented than I was in the beginning because I realized that I was putting her in situations where she was trying to figure out what I was talking about. 
and she was getting lost and then i was going back and looking at it and looking at the script and being like i have no idea what this is i don't even know what i wanted you to do here so i've gotten i've gotten more to like writing what i want but not like the intricate details of each panel because it just ended up confusing everybody involved. So, but you did not use Allison for unidentified, correct? You I used Christian Tyler. Yep. I found him and colorist Edgar Tavitas. I found them on just on a Facebook post in a group Christian. When I got him, he, um, he sent me a, some concept stuff and I'm like, this isn't going to work because it didn't look good. And apparently he had finished the first page already. So he's like, all right, well, you already paid me for this. And he sent me that. I'm like, this doesn't look anything like the concept art you gave me. Like you're hired. If you want the job, you're hired. This looks good. How important are contracts when it comes to hiring artists? I honestly, I just made the contracts and gave it to them like the other day. I've been so bad with that. So I just finally got that done. They weren't really concerned about it because I'd already, I send the money whenever I need to work. And at this point we've worked together long enough that if they want to work ahead, they can work ahead and they know they're going to get paid. But I just did up the contract strictly for IP purposes. So that, you know, they know they're getting paid for the work and the work is then mine to use that was pretty much my only concern with contracts and, and and what do you do for instance when like in those contracts when you talk about as you mentioned like sample work or pieces but but um what areas do you say hey can we meet and kind of brainstorm on ideas or is that part of the contract as well or is it just purely on like page count or or any of that stuff we don't really get together to do much of anything because christian's in argentina and edgar's in mexico so i pretty much just send them the scripts and they just do the art as far as allison we're a lot more hands-on with one another because all of the um locations in kane pretty much are real places so before she starts it's an issue she will come here because she lives about 20 miles from me so she'll come here before she starts an issue and get pictures of all the locations so that she can get them exactly right but as far as the page count and everything that's just what i write and then i just send them the money for it I, I think I did lay it out a little bit more in the contracts, but I think we really just did it how much I would pay them per page. Right. Do you do you utilize editors at all too after you write a script? Do you have people proofread it at all? <laughs> it's going to sound a little arrogant, but I think a little too highly of myself. So I just kind of, as they pretty much proofread it as they do it. And if they see something that's messed up, they'll just, let me know and then I'll go back and look at it. And if it is messed up, then I'll fix it. And if it's not, then I'll just be like, just, just draw what it says. <laughs> <laughs>
what would it, what advice would you give somebody who has a really good story and they write it down and they're a little afraid to say, I don't know if I'm ever going to find the right artist for this, or I don't even think it's a good script. What advice would you give uh, people that want to start writing comic scripts? Honestly, I would just tell them do it. I mean, put a post up on a comic book Facebook group, a creators group, you'll get a hundred replies within an hour of artists looking for work. And if you think you can't afford it, then find someone who will spend time on it and you just pay them per page and then they'll do it. I mean, once you get that first one done, then you can sell it. How is your third Kickstarter different than say like the first Kickstarter you did? Um, the first one I did is a mistake that I've seen a lot of people do on their first one. They just write down the story, but they don't put anything up as examples of work to see what it's going to be. They just write down the pretty much the bio of the book and then expect people to put money towards it, which is exactly what I did the first time. And lo and behold, I made $5 and you know how Kickstarter works. You don't get that $5 if you don't hit your goal. So I you make sure you pay for at least 10 pages of the book so that you can take art from it, put it up there, put descriptions, write down about yourself, about the artist, about the book, descriptions of the characters, as much information as you can possibly give and as much art samples as you can possibly give is the best thing you can do. Mm. And a, a video, a solid video trailer helps so much. And, and so I'm really curious too, because you use Christian as, as your artist for unidentified, you have Allison as your kind of your masthead main artist for, for, for Kane. When you're looking at creating other, other titles, are you looking at keeping Allison or keeping Christian, or are you going to be looking at other artists for doing uh, other titles for your, for your, basically your outlaws comics series? Uh, projects as far as Kane Allison is my ride or die she will stay as long as she wants to stay um, she helped me make this and if I can keep her forever I will keep her forever Christian is welcome to stay on any John Doe related book that he wants at this point um, after that though I'm trying because we live near Penn State so I would like to try because Allison, that's where she went. She went to Penn State for art. So I'm hoping to find more up and coming artists out of there to work on future books because I would like to be able to get my creative team together. That's obviously not gonna happen with Christian and Edgar, but they have proved their work to me and I'm good with them staying. But I would like to hire more up and comers was there a formula that you kind of followed on this or is this something that kind of came like an intuitive way to put together this 32 pager? It honestly took me a lot of work to get to that because it, it is the third book release, but keep in mind, it is the sixth book I wrote because I wrote Kane in its entirety before I even started writing this. So did you read the first issue of Kane? 
yes it doesn't flow quite as well as this one because it was the first book i ever wrote it took a lot of practice to actually get to this and i wasn't sure how well this one was going to go but then i read it after the art was done and i was like this this is awesome so it just takes a lot of work it takes a lot of practice i've been consuming ridiculous amounts of media my entire life so it's also been a lot of research let's call it hours spent in front of the tv ten thousand hours right <laughs> so it it's just a lot of practice man a lot of reading and a lot of consuming and learning how to do it and so how important is it because you mentioned before is that cane takes place in your hometown uh, Wolf Valley, Wyoming. Uh, is that a real place or is that a fictional town? Oh, it's totally fictional. Okay. Um, I've never been to Wyoming. I'm hoping to live there one day because it's gorgeous there. Yeah. So that's kind of why I picked that as the location. And it helps. It helped with the story with the isolation in the mountains where it's located. So that's that's really why i picked there and i mean wolf valley it's just one of those cheesy on the nose things you know what i mean and and so how do you balance creating real life locations to fictional locations well the real life locations are really just for kane because the characters in unidentified they're based on real people but they're not I don't write them like they are those people like I do with Kane, like Daniil, she is based on a person I know and she is kind of, as far as her personality is concerned, like the Daniil that I know, but John, he looks like somebody I know, but I didn't write him like somebody I know. I wanted him to be a, uh, was a PG show. A, um, a tough guy cowboy you know what i mean like oh geez how am i clint eastwood mm. young clint eastwood and um joel from the walking dead he was a big inspiration for this character for me from the game not the not the show mm. <sighs> it because you mentioned you you know where this is going you know where unidentified is going uh do you have a larger because you mentioned earlier kane can go as long as you want it to do you have a an overarching meta plot that you want to make sure the readers can kind of get a hold of for your entire universe you've created can you elaborate i'm not a hundred percent sure because you mentioned that you know it's kind of all kind of tied to Lucifer in some in some way, is there is there a point in almost in a in a you know Game of Thrones type way where like all right, granted it's five thousand pages of a book or if you put all the books together in a way, but do you is there a point in telling the, your overarching story with Kane and with the haunting and and with unidentified, is there a larger plot that you're trying to interweave everything into to tell a giant story here yes we 
I have about mm, three big storylines ahead, but that is probably about 10 seasons of each book at this point. But yes, it it is all building towards something that's going to be big. But I will continue on past that if I'm still alive by then. Well, you're only you only say you're only thirty, right? So you got you got you're only thirty. You got plenty of time. So yeah, we'll see. You never know how much time you got, man. <laughs> Statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, you have more time than somebody who's 60. So that's that's true. (laughs) What aspects because you do mention something in there about silver hurting. So you do have some of that. Do you have any classic classic aspects to vampires and werewolves that are very unique to your world? Like this is something that you're not going to see in a classic vampire or classic werewolf story. That's a good question. I don't think so. I mean, we have two different classes of werewolves, which I don't think... Well, we have seen that, actually. Haven't we? Yeah, because at the beginning, you see the wolves. They're like regular wolves. And then you you got the, the wolfman wolves. That's what they look like after he travels to the future, basically. And we're going to delve into that, and you're going to learn why, and it's it's going to be different than something you've seen before. As far as the vampires, I like cheesy old, old school vampires, man. I don't know if we're going to get to wooden stakes. Maybe. I hope so. If I can weave it in there correctly, I plan on it. I I like decapitation. So we're probably going to stick to that for a while. Sunlight is definitely, definitely an issue that we're going, we're going to weave in and out of the sunlight deal because I don't like it when they can't come out in the sun, but I also don't want them glittering when they walk out in the daylight. So what is, what's the next book that's coming out now in the series? Well, this is actually an exclusive for you. We're not releasing anything until January of next year. Wow. Okay. Because I don't enjoy the indie model of releasing a book and then six months later doing another Kickstarter, and then six months later. So we're spending this year doing nothing but production. Wow. So that we have the entire first season of both books done, and then we can do a Kickstarter every other month in 2024. And then we can spend 2024 doing nothing but production for the next season, so that then we can do a Kickstarter Every month, we're going to do every three months, we're going to release a 12 page anthology story in black and white, which will help kind of tell the story of um, we're going to do a podcast that we're going to do weekly or five days a week. I haven't decided yet. It's going to be scripted from the character of Jason from Kane. I've already lined up my buddy, Kenny, who the character's based off of. We're going to do it in video. Yeah, that's, I'm excited about that. I just have to buy the equipment and set up my studio area for it. I think we're going to get a green screen. I'm not sure yet, but we're taking this year off from releasing anything because I think consistency is more important than pretty much everything other than story. Mm. 
if you want people to come back, you need to, they need to be able to trust that you're going to come out on time and you're going to deliver. Right. Right. Yep. That's yeah. true. Perfect. So, so people can find you as, as we, as we mentioned before, uh, people can find, you still have an Instagram page that's up. Um, you, you have other places that people can reach out to you. Yeah, we have, we have two Instagram accounts because I had to make a new one a couple years ago when my first one got, I just got locked out of it. And then I suddenly was able to regain access like two months ago. So I have, we have two Instagrams. It's at outlaws comics and then at outlaws underscore comics and then Twitter and Facebook. We're just at outlaws comics at outlaws comics, pretty much everywhere. You're doing a podcast, you're doing, putting out books um, on a consistent basis is, as you say, it's just pretty exciting stuff. And, and it's really, and I loved getting into reading Unidentified. Uh, it's amazing to see how that script turned out at the end. So I'm really excited to read issue number two of that too. All right. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Yeah, I heard the echo a little bit. Let me see. Testing, testing. All right, I think it's gone. I don't feel like I raised my voice a bit or intonation, but sometimes it pops in, sometimes it pops out. But here, I don't hear it anymore. Um, so, so when Allison was, oh, geez, Louise, I hear that. All right. So when I know what I'll do, I, I'll I'll mute your mic and I asked a question, then I'll unmute it, and then I'll we'll go see if that works. That'll work. All right, let me see. Testing, 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 testing. All right, I think that. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> this, I'll edit this part out later, Taylor. <laughs> um, uh, so, was it? Oh. So,